Hi there, listeners. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 323 of Sustainable Minimalist. What on earth is this show? It is a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we're discussing all things holidays. I have a two-part show for you. In part one, we are discussing the Christmas tree. What on earth is the best option? Is it the artificial tree from the thrift store? Is it the live tree with the root ball? What is the best Christmas tree option? That's part one. I'm answering listener Carrie's question there. And then in part two of today's conversation, we are discussing practical ways that you and I can reduce our carbon footprints this holiday season. On a personal note, I must say I'm really excited, especially for part two of today's conversation, because we're putting real numbers to real action so that we can all see exactly how much carbon we're saving by doing things slightly differently. Now, I want to say here, I am a big fan of not starting the holiday season until after Thanksgiving. That's a big deal for me. Thanksgiving is a wonderful holiday that should stand alone in its own right. Let's be grateful and let's wait to talk about Christmas until after Thanksgiving's done, obviously. But I'm breaking my own rule today because there is this thing that people do, which is they get their Christmas trees the day after Thanksgiving. This was never anything that happened in my life as a child growing up, let me just say. We got our Christmas tree mid December at best. My husband's family, he wouldn't get his tree until like a couple days before Christmas. But I see those of you who are going out on Black Friday to buy your Christmas tree. I see you. And so I am intentionally and consciously releasing this episode before Thanksgiving, even though it doesn't feel right in my soul, to hopefully serve you. So let's get into part one of today's conversation. Let's start with an email. It came from Carrie, and Carrie says... We are in the market for a new Christmas tree this year, and I have conflicting voices in my head about what's better for the environment. Should I invest in new lights and try to get another year or two out of our old and falling apart artificial tree? Should I buy a new artificial tree and hope it lasts for another 10 years? Or should I buy a real tree? Well, Carrie, I'm going to get to my answer to you and to everybody else, but when it comes to eco-friendly Christmas trees, there's a lot to consider, isn't there? There's live trees in a root ball. There's live trees that were cut. There are organic trees. There are local trees. There are artificial trees. Where on earth do we go with this environmental conundrum? Well, we're going to get into my handy-dandy A through F rating scale in a quick minute, but it should go without saying to anybody listening that if you have an artificial tree in good working order, use it. Use it over and over and over again until it is indeed falling apart like yours is, Carrie. So if you have an artificial tree, keep using it. Artificial trees come with a carbon footprint of approximately 40 kilograms of CO2. So that means that you would have to use that artificial tree for at least 10 years to get enough use out of the tree to make the carbon that's 
emitted into the atmosphere worth the purchase. A real tree that is composted or mulched after Christmas uses about 3.5 kilograms of CO2 for comparison. So 3.5 for a real tree, 40 kilograms for an artificial tree. Huge difference there. Now, there also is a difference, too, with what you do with the tree at the end of life. If you mulch or compost it, that would be the gold standard. But if you throw it in the trash and have the trash men and women pick it up and send it to the landfill, you are greatly increasing the amount of carbon that that tree emits into the air. You'd be up to about 16 kilograms of CO2 with that end-of-life decision. So if you want an A grade, Kerry and everybody else listening on your Christmas tree from this year and every year going forward, you will do one of three things, okay? Obviously, the artificial tree, if you are in the market for an artificial tree, and I hear that. Some people don't like the needles all over the place. I don't particularly love the needles all over the place, but I do love the smell of a real tree, so we are a real tree family. But if you are in the market for an artificial tree, Go to your thrift store, go to Facebook Marketplace, go to some secondhand store and buy a previously loved artificial tree. That will get you an A grade if you're going the artificial route. If you're going the live route and you want a real tree, you are going to buy a real and organic Christmas tree from a local farm. Okay, so that's a tall order a local and organic tree from a local Christmas tree farm. I say that that's a tall order because trees from organic farms are not widely available. Less than 1% of Christmas tree farms are organic. But I've added a list of organic Christmas tree farms into this week's show notes to see if one is near you. A quick Google search will also inform you as to whether you have an organic Christmas tree farm near you. It'll take you 30 seconds. So obviously, make sure your live tree is not wrapped in plastic, not wrapped in netting. Just bring a large towel or a picnic blanket or an old sheet if you must wrap it. I just stick it straight on my car. But so if you want your A, you're going to buy a pre-owned artificial tree. You're going to buy a real organic, local Christmas tree, or option three for that A is to buy a potted tree, either large or tabletop, from either a tree farm or from a rental program. Now, if you buy a potted tree, you must make sure it stays alive. If you buy a potted tree and it dies, you no longer get the A grade. Okay, so if you're going for the big tree with the root ball or a tabletop tree in a pot, you have to commit to keeping it alive. And it's not all that easy, right? You have to give it specific care to ensure that that tree stays healthy enough to be replanted. You have to keep the tree in the garage for three days to let it acclimate to warmer indoor temperatures. And then you can keep it indoors for a maximum of only 15 days. And then finally, after those 15 days, bring it back to the garage for five to 10 days before you then plant it outside. When inside, you have to plant, you have to place, excuse me, not plant, we're not planting any trees inside, but you have to place that tree in a bright and cool location. You have to commit to giving it a pint of water a day. And different tree rental programs have different instructions, but 
This is a lot of work, isn't it? I think about my cut tree that we have every year. We water it diligently for like the first week and then everybody gets lazy with it. (laughs) But if you get a tree with a root ball, you can't get lazy with it. Because again, if the tree dies, you no longer have that A grade. Okay, so quick recap. If you want an A, pre-owned artificial tree or local organic Christmas tree that's cut or potted tree that you're going to keep alive. That's an A grade. Now, if you want a B grade, I'm going to say right off the bat, I am grading myself. I regularly receive a B grade in the Christmas tree department. If you want a B grade, you're going to do one of two things. The first is you are going to get a real tree from a non-organic but local Christmas tree farm. So the tree is grown outside on a farm near you, but it's not organic. Again, you're not going to ask for it to be wrapped in plastic, etc. Now, my family goes to a lovely little family-owned Christmas tree farm every year to get our trees. There's Santa, there's hot cocoa, there's fires. It's a whole event. We can even cut down our tree if we want ourselves. We don't really do that because we're lazy, but it's possible. That farm is local, so great, but it's not organic. So I'm giving myself a B in this category. I should also say, too, if you don't have any Christmas tree farms near you and you usually go to a store to buy your cut tree, make sure that the cut tree that you're buying is sourced locally. So that can be answered via a quick call to the store, a quick chat with the people who are working there, with a glance at the sign. Sometimes the signs say where the trees were grown. But if you live in Washington State and you want to be, you would not be buying a tree that was grown in North Carolina. Okay? Local is for B. So when I was a kid, we used to go to, you know, the place nearby that had the cheapest Christmas trees. It was usually a Home Depot or a Lowe's. And I hear the need to purchase a inexpensive tree because let's be honest, it's a crop that is going to die. It's a seasonal crop that's going to die. However, On Home Depot's website, for example, it says on its website that they source their plants from 150 small growers around the country, and the plants do not have to travel far. But it doesn't provide any more information on that. It doesn't provide average stats about the average amount of miles trees do indeed travel. And then Lowe's as well, another big chain here in America, Lowe's highlights Metrolina, which is the largest single-site heated greenhouse in the U.S. as to where those plants are sourced. And so that brings me to the greenhouse problem. We're going to get into our C grade. Plants that are grown, plants and trees, because we're talking about trees that are grown in greenhouses, can require an awful lot of energy. They are energy-intensive crops. So if you want to see, you are going to find a Christmas tree that was likely grown in a greenhouse somewhere and likely traveled on a truck for a really long time to get to your local store. A C grade would also be if you purchased a house plant and you doubled it as a Christmas tree. So my mom has a gigantic Norfolk pine in her living room. 
it's not really a Christmas tree. It's an indoor tree. We don't decorate it because the branches are really weak. But if for anybody listening, you're thinking, oh, I'll just buy one of these types of indoor trees and keep it, that would get you a C grade because, again, they're almost always grown in a greenhouse. Greenhouses, again, require energy in the forms of heating the greenhouse as also in the form of transporting these trees on trucks. And so that would get you the C grade. Finally, the DF grade. Take a guess. If you want a D or an F and you are flunking the Christmas tree course, you would, of course, purchase a new artificial tree from a store. (laughs) In the United States, approximately 10 million artificial trees are purchased each year. Think about that. 10 million artificial trees are purchased each year. 90% of those are made in China. So increased carbon emissions because they're being shipped from the other side of the globe. Artificial trees are almost always made from PVC, which is a plastic, and steel. It's energy intensive to manufacture an artificial tree. So artificial trees, I mentioned at the outset, they do have a carbon footprint of 40 kilograms of CO2. Real trees, if you turn them to mulch at the end of its life, just 3.5 kilograms of CO2. And then real trees that you throw in the trash, 16 grams of CO2. So if you're buying a real tree, local, organic, composted at the end of its life, that is the gold standard. If you are in the market for an artificial tree, first of all, if you have an artificial tree that you're already using, keep using it. But if you're in the market for a new one, Do your absolute darndest, please, to get it secondhand. Now, specifically to you, Carrie, you asked whether you should try to get one more year out of your artificial trees. Should you just buy new lights, etc.? First, ask yourself how long you've had your tree. Based on the carbon footprints number, you need to keep your artificial tree for at least 10 years, but more like 12 years or longer in order to have some carbon footprint savings there. If you can keep the tree you have and just freshen it up with some new lights, opt for secondhand LEDs. We're going to talk about LEDs in part two of today's conversation. Check Poshmark, check eBay, check Facebook Marketplace, check your local Buy Nothing group. And if you're going to replace the artificial tree, Think long and hard about whether you want to continue with the artificial tree or whether you want to jump into the A through F rating scale. Perhaps a live tree may be right for you. So we are wrapping up part one of today's conversation, and we're going to take a quick ad break. When we come back, we are going to discuss how to have a joyous holiday season while also reducing our carbon footprints. We'll get there after a quick word from this week's sponsors. If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed 
more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. And we're back. We just discussed Christmas trees and now we're discussing carbon footprints. Is it possible to have a joyous and festive holiday season without the gluttonous excess? That's a rhetorical question. It feels to me as though there is so much leading up to the holidays, isn't there? There's the preparations, which, holy moly, they weigh on me. There's the baking. There's the cookie parties. There's the decorating. There's eating and drinking much more than I normally do. There's spending much more money than I would like. There's allowing more stuff into my home than normal because, hello, it's the holidays and isn't that what you do? (laughs) As it always happens every year, shortly after, so like December 26th in my house, here comes what I like to call the Christmas hangover. Sometimes it comes on December 26th, sometimes it comes on January 1st. It all depends on how long my binge of holiday crazy lasts. But Whenever it comes, it always comes inevitably, and it's always the same. There is shame when I look at my credit card statement. There is anxiety when I survey the bomb that went off in my house. There's self-loathing when I think about all the excess that I ate and drank. And so the holidays for many of us are a yearly example in extreme highs, and then right after extreme lows. I just did an episode on moderation, didn't I? And the holidays put such a wrench into the case for moderation. So back to my original question. Is it possible to have a joyous and festive holiday season without the gluttonous excess? I say yes. Let's discuss the implications of that gluttonous excess during the holidays on the planet for a hot minute. So we know what it's like for us to live in extreme highs, extreme lows, gluttonous excess. We're talking extra money wasted, extra calories, extra mess, et cetera, et cetera. But what about the planet? Well, review time. The average American's annual carbon footprint is 16 metric tons per year. Okay, that number is important. 16 metric tons. The holidays, because they are indeed associated with increased consumption, they come then with increased carbon emissions. Total consumption of food and travel and excess buying over the holidays can result in an average of 650 kilograms. By the way, let's do the conversion. That's 0.65 metric tons of carbon dioxide generated per person during the holiday season. So by living in excess for the holiday season, you can add up to 0.65, so more than half of a metric ton of carbon onto your own footprint. Research finds that the biggest culprits of this carbon-emitting excess comes from the extra shopping, from the energy used in all those Christmas lights, from excess traveling, and from purchasing and perhaps wasting excess food. 
So let's go through these categories one by one and discuss practical ways to preserve the joy and limit the carbon-emitting gluttonous excess. I think it's possible. And when we go through these four categories, let me also say too at the outset that we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not coming up with any aha moments, any light bulb moments. No, we're doing the same things that we talk about all the time on this show, which is to practice intentional living. So shopping. If you want to reduce your carbon emissions this year when you're purchasing stuff, of course, you're going to buy locally made gifts from local mom and pop stores, not Amazon, not Walmart, if you can afford it. You're going to plan ahead for your shopping. You're going to avoid rush or next day delivery because, of course, items that are shipped overnight require more packaging, more fuel, etc. You're going to be eco-conscious when you're wrapping those gifts. You're going to use gift bags you already use. You are going to simply buy less for the people in your life, okay? We do not need to give five gifts to everybody or 10 gifts to everybody. Simply buy everybody less. Buy people what they want. So if somebody tells you what they want, get them what they want. I mean, it's a, it makes everybody's life easier, doesn't it? And then finally, when you're shopping for yourself, perhaps you need a new outfit. Don't buy a new outfit. You likely have plenty of clothes. You likely probably already have an outfit. Perhaps you buy secondhand. Perhaps you rent an outfit. Perhaps you borrow an outfit if you really need something new. But that's shopping. So again, nothing new. We're not reinventing the wheel. We're just doing what we always do during this season of excess. Let's move on to lighting. The Carbon Trust argues that if you use LED lighting when you're lighting your tree, when you're lighting the outside of your home, you will save an awful lot of CO2. So swap out your old light bulbs in your fixtures for LED. Use timers for your LED string lights. Make sure that if you're going away for an extended period of time, you're not leaving your lights on, etc. Simple, smart, but still fun, right? I'm not saying you can't have lights. I'm saying you just be more intentional about how you use them. Food. Of course, serve less food. We do not need an overflowing table filled with food that nobody's going to eat because there's simply too much of it. If you're hosting a holiday dinner, serve less food. Eat less meat and dairy as well. So serve less meat and dairy. I'm not saying serve only plant-based foods. That might not be part of your holiday traditions. That certainly would be best. But perhaps if you're serving, you know, five dishes for your holiday meal, Couldn't at least three, maybe four of them be entirely plant-based and nobody will know the difference? Think about it. Serve less meat and dairy, eat less meat and dairy, and then have a plan for food waste, right? I always ask people to bring a Tupperware when they come to my house for a holiday because I never have plastic Tupperware, right? I'm not going to give them my glass. So everybody knows when they come to my house, they bring a Tupperware and then they get leftovers. That helps me ensure that the food that I lovingly prepared actually gets eaten. Don't forget to compost. So all the compostable food items should get composted to, again, reduce the carbon emissions associated with food during the holidays. 
And then finally, with regard to travel, the Center for Climate and Energy Solutions recommends, of course, the surprise to no one, drive an electric vehicle instead of a gas-powered one, drive at a steady pace, don't like gun it and then slam on the brakes, <laughs> like that's how I drive, carpool, take public transportation, always take a direct flight if you can. And again, if you don't have to travel, First of all, who wants to travel during the holidays? It is misery, especially if you have kids, right? So if you don't have to travel, skip the traveling altogether, stay close to home. And so when we talk about reducing our carbon footprints during the holidays, or at the very least, not drastically increasing our carbon footprints during the holidays, the final word always comes down to a fact of life that we minimalists already know, and it is less is more. Less is more. Buy less stuff. Serve less food. Put up fewer Christmas lights. Stay close to home. You will still have a magical holiday season. I promise you. I want to give a quick shout out to Rachel. Rachel is a listener of this show who helped me majorly with this podcast episode, and she'll be helping me with others in the future. So welcome, Rachel, to the team, and thank you so much for your help. Listeners, if you are one of those families who buys your tree the day after Thanksgiving, send me a picture or take a picture and put it in our closed Facebook group. I'll start a thread so we can see them all. But I see you. I see what you're doing there. Christmas tree after Thanksgiving. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. I will see you next week and take care.